Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to week five of the NFL season is the fantasy football happy hour podcast and I'm your host Matt I am here to do a week five preview I'll be looking at games of the week highlighting one in each of the big windows we have left some sit starts and then I will end as I did last week with my picks against the spread if you want my straight picks you can go and look at the thursday night preview article published on our site themusiccitydrivein.com and then i will end with a little bit of a look at the new movies that are out playing in the uh movie corner but first uh if you are we have an, another london game so if you're up bright and early it is currently eight to nothing the jaguars just scored and took a lead Zay Jones, finally back after missing a couple weeks with injuries, catches the first touchdown. Uh, so this should be a good one. Jaguars versus the Bills. That game is already ongoing. So if you are looking for some early morning football, there is already one available. We already had one game this first week five. Uh, there are four teams on a bye this week. The Seahawks, the Chargers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Cleveland Browns. Third, but we had a Thursday night game, and let me talk about that. The winless Chicago Bears are winless no more. They went into Washington, got the 40-20 victory over the Commanders to kickstart Week 5. Another four-touchdown day for Justin Fields, 230 yards receiving and three touchdowns for DJ Moore. That connection is turning into something magical. Meanwhile, for the Commanders, they started out 2-0. They had a really terrible game against Buffalo in week three. They were very frisky against the Eagles in week four, but came up a little short there and then getting blown out a little bit at home on a short week. They're now two and three, going to have to do a little bit of soul searching. Uh, minority owner Magic Johnson actually called the team out. I don't think Sam Howell's playing terrible. Their defense has not been good. They gave up a lot of points to the Bills, a lot of points to the Eagles, a lot of points to the Chicago Bears who hung 40 on them. They have given up a lot of points in every game this season, and that's going to be something of a struggle. They had trouble getting the running game going. Meanwhile, Chicago, you know, they were up against it 0-4. A lot of talk the coach might be fired if they didn't win this game. They responded well uh, and got a big victory. Be curious to see what that does for them going forward. They have a big home game against the Minnesota Vikings in Week 6, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Well, that's one game that's done. I mentioned the London game ongoing. Let's look at some of the other big games this week. If you're new uh, to this spot in the program, uh, I go through my pick for each of the windows uh, on Sunday and then the look at the Monday night game. For the early uh, games, the early window games, my pick is the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens are 3-1. and one. They look like they're about to take command of this division. They've already beaten the Browns. They've already beaten the Bengals. If they can beat the Steelers, that would be a first-half sweep of all their division rivals. Lamar Jackson's been on fire. Meanwhile, for the Steelers, 
<coughs> they're banged up. Jonathan Johnson already on IR. Pat Fryermuth has been ruled out. Kenny Pickett hasn't played that well, dealing with a bone bruise. This figures to be a pretty physical battle, as all these Ravens-Steelers games are. I think that's the best one of the early window. We actually have four late-window games. Several of them are intriguing, but the best of it is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles are 4-0, but they've been winning close. They haven't had exactly the dominant form that they had maybe a year ago. DeAndre Swift kind of getting going in the running game has been good. The Rams, meanwhile, they're 2-2, but they've played a tough schedule. Their losses. Uh, coming to the Bengals, who who were a playoff team a year ago, and the 49ers, who are one of one of, if not the best team in the NFL. The Rams welcome back Cooper Cup, so now they have Cup and Puka Nakua going at the same time. I'm really liking what Kyron Williams is doing. I think this could be a fun and tightly contested battle, probably the best of the late afternoon window. Sunday night game is a classic. The 3-1 Dallas Cowboys at the 4-0 San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers are probably the best team in the league right now. They definitely have the most explosive offense. Looking forward to seeing how this really strong Dallas defense handles Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Jordan Kittle. Brock Purdy remains undefeated as a starter in the regular season. The Cowboys, meanwhile, they could easily have been 4-0 had they not had a real stumble in the desert of Arizona. Arizona. They looked good again last week, blowing out the Patriots. They've had three blowout wins. Their one, you know, their one game that was a loss was a little bit of a closer game. These are two really good teams. The Cowboys have seen the 49ers end their playoff run each of the last two years. Doubtless, they want to get a win, if nothing else, but to prove to themselves that they can beat this 49er team. Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. I didn't check the graphics. says Oakland. They are now Las Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo has been cleared. We'll start for the Raiders. Devontae Adams has a little bit of a shoulder issue. Missed some practice. That's worth keeping an eye on. The Packers, meanwhile, it, it looks like everybody's on track to play again, but they haven't really gotten the running game going. Can they get it going against the Raiders? If not now, when? I think this could be an actually interesting Monday night game. Uh, you know, the Raiders played tough last week against the Chargers who are off this week. I uh, nearly came back after being down really big in that game with Aiden O'Connell at the quarterback. I, I kind of like them at home, but uh, we'll see how this game turns out. But those are the four games I'm highlighting in each of the big windows this week. Well, now it's time in the program where we will move on to the sit start for the week. All right, time for sit start. And last week, uh, my sit start numbers, I didn't do too badly. I ended up going two and two on starts. Russell Wilson and Jake Ferguson hit at quarterback and tight end. Zach Moss, a narrow miss, as was Keenan Allen at wide receiver. In my sits, I went three and one. Uh, Tannehill, Drake London, and Hayden Hurst all fell outside of the expected ranges for hits. Damian Pierce ended up a weird week for running backs, just barely snuck into running back two was my lone miss. How will I do this week? Well, let's dive in first. At the quarterback position, my start is Lamar Jackson. Jackson not only got a new contract this offseason, but it seemed like the Ravens were focused on giving him pieces to really improve the support so he didn't have to do it all himself. Well, at least he got that new contract 
contract because in the early going, it seems like it's back to the same old Ravens where he's really having to do it all himself. He's doing, he's been leading them as a rusher. He's been throwing. It's been a kind of uneven cast of receivers, but he is sitting at quarterback four on the season. He's posted 22 points or more each of the last three weeks. And you know what? I think he does it again against the Steelers. Lamar Jackson is a player that should be in your lineup. Conversely, I am not playing Daniel Jones. Jones was a real pleasant surprise in 2022. He finished as a QB one, but this year just hasn't been as bright. He also got a big contract this offseason. They went and supposedly got him weapons, but nothing is clicking. He's quarterback 24 on the season, and the matchup with the Dolphins really won't help matters. He's not even a great start in Superflex. <clears throat> he had one big game thanks to a massive comeback against the Cardinals in the second half of week two, but other than that, he's been in single digits or in some scoring situations. He actually was negative points for that Monday night football game. I am just not real comfortable throwing him in lineups at this point. Let's transition to the running back position. And, you know, the case for David Montgomery got even stronger when Jameer Gibbs was uh, moved, downgraded to doubtful uh, yesterday. <clears throat> he returned from injury last week, being Montgomery, and carried 32 times for 121 yards and three touchdowns against the Packers. He's a workhorse back for the Lions. He's a great threat to score. He already has five touchdowns in three healthy games. I expect him to fare well against the Panthers as well. He's a borderline running back one. He's in my lineup. For my sit, I'm going back to the Ravens, this time looking at Gus Edwards. As I mentioned, Jackson is kind of doing it all for the Ravens, and Edwards seems to be nominally the lead back, but his production isn't really good enough to make him a solid fantasy option. He's sitting at just RB34 on the season. Jackson has been much more of a threat to score touchdowns. In three out of four games, Edwards has less than seven fantasy points. At best, he's a deep league flex option. He is not a great starting option to me. Moving on to wide receivers, you know, one of the best stories this year has been C.J. Stroud, who's gone for over 1,200 yards and thrown no interceptions in his first four games. That's really incredible. You know who else has benefited? His wide receivers. There's been a lot of talk about rookie Tank Dell and some of the things he's doing, but Nico Collins is actually the number one for them. What I love about uh, what they're doing is just the way they've exploded. He's become a very reliable option for fantasy in Collins. He's sitting as wide receiver seven on the season going in, and I don't think the Falcons' pass defense is a big threat to hold him down. Nico Collins is in my lineup. As a sit, I am looking at Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. The Denver passing game has been greatly improved this season, which has led to good things for Cortland Sutton and some big plays for Marvin Mims. Judy, meanwhile, sits as wide receiver 67 on the season. I know he missed a game, but he's also averaging less than nine points per game in the games that he's playing. For the time being, he's more of a deep league flex consideration, especially against a Jets defense that's really good. Uh, you know, Judy doesn't seem to be a focal point when they're in the red zone. He's getting more underneath things. He hasn't been the big play receiver. Until you see some of those things change, he's just not a reliable start for me. Uh the Buffalo or the Jacksonville Jaguars just scored again. If you're keeping up with the London game, it is now 11 to nothing. So this one, a little bit of a surprise. Speaking of the Jack, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate. Simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As I move to tight ends, my start is Evan Ingram. He just continues to be a force in this Jaguars passing attack. He's sitting as tight end four on the season, averaging 12.1 points per game. In fact, his lowest output of the season was 9.9 points. That gives him a really stable floor, something that's very exciting at a tight end position that can be a bit of a gamble at times. Jaguars will need to throw. They have already started throwing a lot. I think he can be a reliable start. My sit for this week at tight end actually ended up being Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. You know, their offense has exploded. Their team has posted double-digit wins in the last three games. Josh Allen has been spreading the ball around, and that has meant inconsistent targets for Knox. Uh, He had a 10-point game in week two, but he had just two points each of the last two weeks. He's tight end 32 on the season. He's not even the best scoring tight end on his own team. You could probably do better, and hopefully you made those tight end decisions before we kicked off this morning, thanks to London football. Well, that's a look at uh, my sit starts and... uh, now I will transition to my picks against the spread. Started doing this uh, last week. I'm uh, going to keep this going. In week four, I actually finished 10 and 6 against the spread. Uh, I was 38 and 26 going into the week. I did miss the uh, Thursday night game. Uh, I had the Commanders minus six and a half. I thought they were going to be good at home. They obviously got blown out by 20. So I'm sitting at 38 and 27. Uh, The game that's locked in progress, I took the Bills minus five and a half. You know, they had won by 20 plus each of the last three weeks, including against the Dolphins. I thought they would continue that hot streak rolling. Right now they're down 11, so it doesn't seem good for that one. Might not be a hot week for me. Uh, For the rest of the games, uh, I took the Texans plus one and a half over the Atlanta Falcons. I actually have picked the Texans to win straight up as well. Uh, Next one, I took the Lions minus eight and a half over the Panthers. The Panthers have not looked good. I really like this Lions team. I'm a little bit nervous that both Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs look like they're going to miss, but they are getting Jamison Williams back. I love what Sam Laporta is doing, and David Montgomery has just been thrashing it on the ground. Uh, The Titans versus the Colts. I took the Colts minus one and a half. I think they will get a big win here in an AFC South battle. New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. I took the Dolphins minus nine and a half. I know they lost by 28 to the Bills last week, but they week prior, they beat the Broncos by 50. They have a very explosive offense, and the Giants just haven't really looked good in any phase of the game. Next up, Saints traveling to the Patriots. I took the Patriots minus one and a half, hoping for a little bit of a bounce back game from Mac Jones, who got benched uh, in their game last Sunday. Uh, I mentioned that I really love what Lamar Jackson is doing. So I took the Ravens minus four and a half over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Ravens get the win and take a commanding lead in the AFC North. Toughest game of the day might be the Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. I took the Rams plus four and a half, but I took the Eagles when I was picking straight up win. I think this is going to be a close game. Three points or less separating them. They're both good teams. So it was too big of a point spread for me to justify taking the Eagles there. 
Next up, Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals. I took the Cardinals plus three and a half. The Cardinals could outright win. I think the Bengals will find a way to get a win, but neither of these teams has been super impressive. I thought three and a half points was a little too much for a Bengals team that really hasn't proven itself. So I went with the Cardinals and the points. Next up, this is a game that matters deeply to me, the Jets at the Denver Broncos. I took the Broncos minus two and a half. I am hoping the Broncos get their second win of the season, especially against their former coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I will be a little bit despondent if they do not. Next up, Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings haven't played that well this year, but I took the Vikings plus five and a half. I think the Chiefs will get the win, but I think it will be closer than a five and a half, six-point score. So I went with that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. I took Dallas plus three and a half. Um, I like the 49ers to get the win, but I think it will be a field goal or less. Another game that I think will end up being close. And finally, the Monday night game. Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. I took the Raiders plus one and a half. I actually think the Raiders will get the outright victory here at home on Monday night. I was kind of a little bit surprised they were home underdogs. I don't think Green Bay has been that great. So that is my picks against the spread for this week five. Good luck to all of you who are out there picking. That kind of gives you an impression of who I took straight up to. But if you want to read more about that, Thursday night preview article is posted on the site, The Music City Drive-In. Before I get out of here for today, I am going to end with a little bit of Movie Corner. I don't know if you're aware, but the calendar has flipped to October, and that means we are in horror movie season. We got four big streaming releases uh, that are out right now, one of which uh, debuts on Showtime tonight. And we have one kind of big theatrical release, and that is The Exorcist Believer. Uh, The Exorcist Believer, a sequel to The Exorcist, which came out 50 years ago. I know it is hard to believe. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, the trio, uh, the duo that took over and did a uh, trilogy of new Halloween films that wrapped up last year, has now decided to do a trilogy of new Exorcist films, kicking off with Exorcist Believer this year. Not my favorite film. Uh, Eric and I will be discussing that tonight. We will also be looking at the original Exorcist and a kind of fascinating film, The Exorcist 3, which was actually uh, written and directed by uh, William Peter Blady, uh, who is the one that created the original novel for The Exorcist. Uh, And this is based on a sequel novel that he did. So if uh, you want to check out that, we will go live at 7 Eastern tonight. Eric and I will be talking more about The Exorcist Believer. Suffice it to say, it did not work for me. Uh, another horror sequel that didn't really work for me, Paramount Plus streaming starting Friday, was uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. This is a prequel of sorts to uh, the most recent Pet Cemetery film that was released in 2019, which was a reboot of the uh, franchise based on the classic Stephen King book. This one takes the action back to 1969, focuses on a young Judd Crandall. It's mercifully short. Um the scares, the story, it didn't really work for me. It didn't add a lot uh, to it for me. I gave it a, a one and a half stars out of five. 
Another horror movie that was released on Prime Video is Totally Killer. That's Blumhouse production. Um, this one actually is a fusion kind of of Back to the Future meets Scream a little bit. You start in 2023, uh, you know, where it's been 35 years since a trio of murders of popular teens uh, leading up to Halloween when the killer seemingly returns. A young girl uses her friend's time machine and ends up back in 1987 trying to find the original killer so that her mother uh, doesn't suffer a doesn't end up getting murdered uh in the future this one stars kiernan shipka i really enjoyed kind of the blend of humor and comedy the style of the 80s uh i thought it was a clever twist on the premise i gave this one three stars out of five it's one of the better uh wave of horror films that i've seen in this season coming out uh something a little bit different a little bit more interesting there's some comedy there there's some decent performances that one is on prime video something that's worth uh checking out uh the other big streaming films uh First on uh, Paramount Plus, uh, that's really a Showtime film, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, uh, which is based on the novel that was turned into a stage play. This is the final film directed by William Friedkin, who directed the original Exorcist. It also features Lance Reddick, who uh, recently passed away, has Kiefer Sutherland, Jake Lacey, and Jason Clark. It's a very courtroom drama uh, setup. It actually premieres on Showtime tonight. So if you have Showtime, you can just watch it there. It's also been streaming since Friday on Paramount+. Plus. I enjoyed uh, the the action, some of the performances. That, there's not a lot of action. It's actually just kind of the courtroom back and forth. I enjoyed um, the way that they put this one together. I thought Friedkin brought the drama out of what is a very dialogue-heavy, you know, just one single setting. It's a essentially a court-martial trial. Um, there was an interesting little twist at the end. I thought Jason Clark was great. Kiefer Sutherland does very well as kind of the captain who was relieved of duty here, and it was great to see Lance Reddick. This one I gave three stars out of fives worth checking out. Also, probably the biggest streaming release this week was Fair Play on Netflix. This one debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. Has had a lot of buzz since then. Uh, probably will be something of a player for Netflix as it comes into award season. Um, very difficult story to watch. Um, not a happy story, but some very strong performances. Uh, kind of an engaging, gripping story. I gave that three and a half stars out of five. So a little bit more of, um, I guess psychological thriller it's definitely a drama um set in the world of finance focuses on a couple who've been dating in secret that work at this finance um market uh, firm uh, and when uh emily the female half gets a promotion it kind of sets them on a path where they're become at odds uh, it's probably the best way. It's a hard movie exactly to describe without giving away a lot of the plot, which I don't want to do for you. Uh, but I gave that one three and a half stars, uh, some very strong performances, uh, something to check out. So that's a look at some of the big movies uh, that are now available, the big streaming releases and the big theatrical release. So when football is over or if you need a break from the games, if you're like me and you're watching the Broncos and you see the Jets take a big lead, you may need that break. Uh, but that's a wrap-up on week five. I will be back next Sunday with a look at week six. Only two teams on a bye next week, so a little bit fewer bye week players. But uh, good luck to you out there, and have a happy week five.
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.